In this first episode of Probably True Solar Stories, two neighbors meet unexpectedly at an Oakland, California coffee shop. Maz owns a trucking business by day and is a thief at night. Charlie is a solar project builder by day and a guy with an international problem that can only be solved by Maz. Welcome to the very first episode of Probably True Solar Stories. If you didn't listen to the teaser episode, not to worry. I'm going to briefly fill you in on the what, who, and why. What, as in, what the heck is this podcast all about? Well, Probably True Solar Stories is a show about the secret solar stories and the secret solar people that you've never heard about. And why don't you hear about these people? Because they're not real. They're fiction. Why fiction? Because it's always more fun to make shit up. That being said, there are over 3 million solar installations in the U.S., so maybe we'll tell some true solar stories and perspectives, but not today. Who, as in who is reading these mostly fictional stories? Tis I, Tor Solar Fred Valenza. A lot of people know me in the solar industry for my work as a solar PR and communications pro, but I have a dark Hollywood past writing for Stargate SG-1, Dharma and Greg, and a gazillion movies and television pilots that never got made. I'll tell you more about my journey into the solar world on a future Season 1 episode. Why? As in, why write solar fiction? First of all, why not? Why write Game of Thrones? Because the muse says so. But I think your real question is, why would anyone care about probably true solar stories? And that's the problem. Solar energy is changing the world and people's lives. But we don't hear about the how and the why. Even though solar panels are all around us, solar energy is pretty invisible in our culture. And it shouldn't be. The solar industry can have legends and heroes just as much as any cop, lawyer, corporate raider, or dragon slayer. We're changing the world, solar panel by solar panel. So my hope is that the next time you see a solar installation, you'll wonder what the story is behind those solar panels. Maybe you'll go solar and create your own true solar story. But not these. These puppies are pure solar fiction. And now, for our very first episode. Everybody likes a good high story. So why not a solar heist story? The Solar Heist, or How I Got Into the Solar Business, Part 1. The Proposal. Written and read by Tor Solarfred Valenza. How did I get into the solar business? It started with a heist, which led to more trouble. But then to an opportunity. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Back then, I didn't know anything about solar or inverters or racking or solar politics. Nothing. I was an independent contractor, as they say. Kind of a referral business. People who knew me knew that I could get things at a discount. And sometimes they had a friend that needed X, Y, or Z at a discounted price. Could I get X, Y, or Z at a certain price? I'd check out my logistics. I'd make a plan, get my guys, and make things happen. The next day, goods are delivered. We shake hands, and I get a cash paycheck for on-time delivery at the agreed-to price. Next job. That was my life before solar. It was simple. Nobody got hurt, and I made a good living. You make a good living, you buy a good house in a respectable neighborhood with respectable neighbors. And that's when I met Charlie. It was very subtle, and I certainly never mixed business with my neighbors. As far as they knew, 
I was in the independent moving and hauling business. I did some Bitcoin trading on the side. I kept my trucks parked in a lot in West Oakland near the docks, so there was never any big, ugly 18-footers or vans parked in my driveway. I mean, this wasn't Staten Island. Everybody's got a small truck or two parked in their driveways in Staten Island. But now I was living in Rockridge. You have to have a nice, green, empty front yard with trap-resistant perennials or whatever in Rockridge. Otherwise, people start to ask questions. And that's exactly what happened. Charlie asked me a question. To me, he was my solar neighbor, the guy that had solar panels on his roof. Like I said, I didn't care about solar then. I cared about coffee, though. Still do. And that's where I saw him. One Saturday morning, Charlie was at Phil's Coffee getting a Java fix. Turns out, we both liked strong black coffee. We had more in common, but I'll get to that. I'd seen Charlie and his wife around, but that's it. You know, wave at the front door, say hello walking by. But we never had a conversation until I walked into Phil's that spring Saturday morning. Charlie was sitting at a table drinking his black coffee. Our eyes met, so I couldn't pretend I didn't see him. I was about to do the old wave and leave, but then he gets me. He asked the question that I have to answer. What's your name again? asked Charlie, smiling at me with his nice neighbor smile. Well, I've got a dozen names, and I could buy a dozen more. But this is my neighbor across the street. I couldn't say none of your business. That wouldn't be neighborly. That might lead to more questions, so I had to answer. And I had to use the name that was on the deed of my house, or he might check it out one day and ask me more nosy questions. That wouldn't be good. That would be trouble for both of us. Massimo, I said. Massimo Botticelli. But most people call me Maz. Botticelli? Like the artist? Yep, no relation. But I'm pretty good at painting houses. He laughed. I'm Charlie. Charlie Boston. Join me? Charlie indicated the chair across from him. If it weren't Saturday, I'd have said I had to get to work. But legit business people in Rockridge don't work on Saturday. They mow the lawn on Saturday. They grab a cup of coffee. They relax. So I relaxed and pulled up a chair. Neighborly. Normal. Charlie raised his paper cup of steaming hot fills. Cheers to strong black coffee. My Beth calls it sludge. Same with my Pauline, I said. She doesn't get how this bitter, hot darkness can taste so smooth, so nutty, so good. We were both having a normal conversation. I could do that, and I thought I'd get back to Pauline and continue our Saturday in peace. But then Charlie continued. I'm in the solar business, he said. So your company installed on your house? Oh, no. Residential solar is a very different side of the business. I'm on the big utility side. My company develops big solar farms and can have a 100,000 solar panels or more in the desert or on farmland or anywhere that's close to a transmission tower. Then we sell that clean solar power to utilities and independent power producers at a few cents per kilowatt hour. It's a 30-year contract, so the more solar power we generate, the more money the project owners make. Plus, you know, we're also helping to save the world from climate change. Huh, I said. Sounds like a good living. I could tell Charlie was telling me about his work for a reason, not just new neighbor chit-chat. Well, I do okay. It's the project owners that make millions in revenue, plus get tax benefits. There's a 30% investment tax credit, accelerated depreciation, renewable energy credits, and other incentives. It's a good business, but there can be problems. That's what I'm dealing with right now. A lot of complicated problems. Here we go. I paused. I could have looked at my watch and made for the door, but I didn't. 
I needed to see where this was going. What kind of complicated problems, I asked. Was he looking for investors? I might be into that, but I didn't think that was it. Well, I mean, politics is one complication. Energy is very political. Think about oil in the Middle East and now Ukraine. Same thing with solar. Except instead of the Middle East or Russia, solar is now about China. I have to deal with import tariffs, supply chain issues, measuring carbon emissions, and the latest is a new forced labor law. Heard about that, Moz? It's been in the news. I don't read the news much, I said. Well, this forced labor law, it's one of my big complications right now. Congress passed a law that says you can't import anything that was manufactured with forced labor, which all solar developers like me support. Nobody wants to build a project with solar panels manufactured with slave labor. But how do you know your panels and their entire supply chain are built with regular paid workers? Beats me. I'll tell you, you have to hire people to inspect the factory and all the suppliers, which I do. Then your shipment goes to the exporting company. And now I just heard that my exporter screwed me. They switched our clean, ethically manufactured solar panels with panels made by forced labor. So that's what I've been dealing with since last night. Charlie indicated his phone. They'd just arrived here in Oakland, and customs confiscated them. So now, I'm hoping this strong cup of coffee is going to stimulate ideas for how to replace those panels and to get my solar project moving again. Charlie looked at me. Sorry to hear about that. Doesn't insurance cover something like that? No, international lawyers might take care of it, but it's going to take a long time to prove the panels got switched. I mean, I have the purchase orders and all the proof, but it's China. I'm going to be stuck fighting this for a couple of months, at least. Maybe a year. Hmm, I said. Go on, Charlie. What's the ask? Spill it already. Charlie waited for me to comment beyond the hmm, but I didn't. Finally, he continued. You know what happens to those unethical panels, Moz? I shook my head. Nothing. Right now, they're sitting in some government warehouse in the port of Oakland. Eventually, they'll be sent to the dump, which is bad for the environment. They're probably good quality panels, too, except for the forced labor part. Know what I mean? And there it was. This was a business proposition. Except I wondered how Charlie knew I was in that kind of business. No, I really don't know what you mean. I'm in the trucking business. Right, I know. He looked at me. I kept cool. I don't think I ever mentioned that, Charlie. This is the first time we've ever talked. How do you know? I know because I saw you in your trucking business. That is, I was at the port of Oakland the other day. Early, I should say, last night. Technically, it was this morning at around 2 a.m., I was trying to convince a certain customs and border protection person on duty to give me a break about my solar panel mix-up. I said that I would make sure those solar panels would get properly recycled instead of going to the dump. He just had to release them to me. So we had a very profitable and reasonable conversation. Except he said that I needed special authorized transportation for him to release the panels for recycling. What's special authorized transportation? I asked. Well, I think you are, Muzz, because my customs friend pointed to someone getting into a truck about a block away, and I'm pretty sure it was you. Not positive, but I've waved to you enough times across the street to know my neighbor when I see him a block away. Plus, he gave me your name, which wasn't Massimo Botticelli, but I don't care about that. So, so what? 
So I'm looking for special authorized transportation, Moss. Can you help me? Will you help me? I thought about buying Charlie another cup of coffee and putting in some specially authorized rat poison instead of sugar. This is awkward, I said. Is it? said Charlie. We don't need to be friends, Moss. We don't need to suddenly sell our homes or do anything awkward. This is a huge solar project. It will replace the energy of an entire coal plant, and it will create hundreds of jobs, and make a lot of money and clean energy after it's built. We just need to discuss your fees and the location of my shipping containers. You know your business, I know my business, and I don't want to know anything more. I thought about it. Charlie was right. Special authorized transportation was my business. Charlie didn't care if it was legal or about forced labor or anything except getting his solar project built. And that was fine with me. When? As soon as possible. What's going to happen with your exporter? I asked. Oh, gosh, I can't say. You're not going to get your money back? Oh, gosh, I can't say, Charlie repeated. We both looked at our dark black cups of coffee. I needed to think. I needed to work out logistics, labor, contingencies, and fees. Write down your number, I said. I handed Charlie my paper napkin. Can't I just text you? I mean, we are neighbors. Normally I use burner phones, but Charlie was right again. We were neighbors. Neighbors text each other all the time. Nothing has to be in the text except call me, neighbor, or let's go for a cup of coffee. True, true, Charlie. True, true. I texted him my number. Welcome to the solar business, Charlie said, confirming he'd received my text. If anyone asks, you're doing what solar people call procurement. You're sourcing and delivering solar modules for my project. You have these procurement problems often, Charlie? Solar's like any business, Moz. We have employee challenges, political challenges, technical challenges, and competition challenges with each other, gas companies, and wind companies. But it's also a new industry. So people like me have to be creative about finding solutions. Today, you're one of my creative solutions, Moz. Maybe there will be future problems you can help with. You never know. I stood up. We walked to our street together in silence. I'll text you. Charlie raised his cup of coffee, smiled, and walked across the street. I watched him. Just another Saturday for Charlie. Not for me. In my business, everything always has to go right. It has to be perfect. Because if it's not perfect, four things can happen. Number one, someone can get arrested. Number two, someone can die or get injured. Number three, you can waste a lot of time and money. And number four, all those things can happen. In the case of my first job in the solar industry, lucky, lucky me. I got door number four. Well, that's the first episode of Probably True Solar Stories. Want to see how Maz's first solar job turns out? Then dial up part two of The Solar Heist, or how I got into the solar business. Before you go, what'd you think? You see how every solar installation, large and small, can have a solar story? So what's your solar story? If you want to be the first to hear about upcoming episodes, please subscribe and follow me on Twitter at ProbablyTrueSolar or at SolarFred. 
Probably True Solar Stories is a production of Hunting Solar PR and Communications. Be bold for solar. Stand out and educate. See you next time. 